Hey friends, this is Joseph here. And um, before we start today's episode, I gotta tell you, this episode is so good. Um, I say that about all of them, but this one is so good. And um, and so I just wanna give a few little things, um, I guess housekeeping is what they call it. <laughs> but, um, you know, if something resonates with you in this, um, because we talk deep, this is a deep, deeper a conversation. And so if you have any questions or would love to talk deeper about this, um, and really doesn't even have to be about this. If you just want to talk more in depth about anything you have heard or resonated with, with you, uh, we would love to hear it. Um, and that goes with all of them. Um, but this one, especially. Um, so if you want to reach out, um, t- by texting the number 859-797-5715, um, that's a great way to get in touch with me. Um, and, and we will go through that or... Um, you know, if you want to uh, talk to me in person, if you know where I am, I'm pretty reachable. And so um, that's a way you can go on the Instagram app or the Facebook app or send me a letter. I don't know, P.O. Box, whatever you want to do. Um, we really believe in this conversation. We believe in the message. And so, um, feel free to reach out. Uh, and so, with that being in said, let's continue with the show. And welcome to another episode of Brocephus and Friends. I'm your host, Brocephus. And this week, I tell you, you know, COVID did a lot. Um, it did a lot of bad, but it, but, uh, but for me... It did a lot of it did a lot of good because it brought me people um, a lot of great new people that I had not met and you have met a lot of them over the years um, listening to this podcast you have met a lot of them and this per this next guest is no um, is no exception and him and his wife both but she uh, she is not here today but uh, but uh, it's it's so good to have Josh. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Joseph. I really do appreciate it. And as you were talking about kind of that time period, I just thinking about our first interaction. I think it was, what was it at? Like a CSF Synergy? You were hanging out with Zach Ball? and I was I think trying I, to remember. I'm trying to remember. I think I just came up to you and said, hey, I'm Josh. Nice to meet you. How are you? And I don't know, but you were outgoing. I was like, I want to meet this kid. Outgoing. Oh. <laughs> but I tell you, there... Uh, I was trying to think because there were a few moments that stick out to me um, about when I met you. The first time I remember is that you were talking about Haley, which is your wife, and uh, you were talking about how her dad is such a good cook, and about how he likes to barbecue or was it, was it barbecue? Oh yes. And you said he makes some of the best whatever it was. Was it was either pulled pork or brisket or. Is one of those, and you said it was so good. And you said, 
and you gave it a chef's kiss, and I said, <laughs> yes, all right. But then, and then um, another time that really vividly sticks out is that, and I thought this was the first time until, it, but I realized it wasn't because it was in the summertime, and I had known you uh, before then. But it was when it was me, you, and Haley. It was at Meg's birthday party. Oh yeah. And um, and we were, uh, and I had known you because we we had been in a car together to feast, mm. and that that will bring you together like no other when you're in a car like that. But um, and so we and so uh, I typicals you you said I think you said something about Jesus, or, and we just started talking about Jesus, and I said. He is so, you're so deep. But uh, for those who are saying, for those who are saying, who in the world is Josh Johnson? Tell a little bit about who you are. So I'm Josh Johnson, like Joseph just mentioned. Um, I'm originally from a small community in Southern Ohio. It's called Portsmouth. Um, My whole family's basically from there. My dad was a school teacher growing up. Um, And he still is. Um, But... He worked for a school district here in Kentucky called Greenup County, and then suddenly he hit his uh, mid-career point, and he wanted to change. So he basically took his family, and we moved down to Clark County, which is in Winchester, and I moved there when I was 13. And with this, I basically uprooted all of my friends, all of my connections, all of my family I left away, and it kind of was a place that I got to create a new start. Um, I was 13, honestly, I didn't know a lot about life at that point, but it still, it shocks you a little bit. Mm. And so you kind of, at that age, you're old enough to realize who who you were at one point and who you want to be in in this new future uh, landscape. Um, But as a 13-year-old, you're not very mature, so a lot of immaturities set in when I was 13, and I thought that I needed to become, you know, this ideal... Uh, guy, popular, have all the friends, fit in, kind of worldly values, um, which I'm excited to talk about a little bit later. But that's basically me growing up. I played sports, loved sports, played basketball and baseball in high school. And then, you know, it was God sent. I kind of just left the game, um, kind of senior year, both both sports. I basically said, you know, this isn't for me. I'm going to go to UK, get an education. Um, I studied electrical engineering there, um, and now I just graduated about a month ago. Me and Haley, as uh, Joseph mentioned, we got married um, almost two months on June the 4th. It was a beautiful wedding, a great day. It was just a great day just to be with our friends and family and just share that intimate uh, covenant before the Lord, and we were just so glad that we really just got to spend that day with our friends and family. Um, so now I'm married, awesome, and I work as a substation engineer with East Kentucky Power Cooperative, um, so I do that full time, but some of my hobbies, which I can't wait to share more about, is really creating spaces where guys can be vulnerable um, and just teach them how to disciple others, and I think this is a great aspect to talk about Christianity, because once you surrender to Christ and you allow Him to transform your motives and your ways, um, you know, there's just this innate feeling to want to share that with others. And I think that's something that the Lord has called me to do. It may not be a full-time ministry, but in my free time and the spaces that I get to create in my home, like those moments can be a time that we get to share the gospel through our relationships, through our conversations, and just who you are in general. So 
I'm super excited to be here, Joseph. That's so good. And just while you're talking, you reminded me of this quote, and I want you to, um, I want you to speak into this. Um, talent can seduce you every time, mm-hmm. but character will bite you in the fan. And you can have, because you were talking about sports, you know, you can have, in any anything, you can have the right, the great athleticism, you can have the great singing voice, but that doesn't amount to a hill of beans if you do not have um, character. Mm-hmm. That's Speak awesome. into that. Of course. So, first thing that I like to say, talent. You know, there's certain people that are good at a lot of different things. And I think you get into this mindset where you feel like you have to be good because you're capable of being good at everything that you do. So inward, internally, you start to get this mindset of being a perfectionist, which is something that I've dealt with my whole life. Um, And then you can kind of be asleep and unaware of where your character lies because you think that your identity is rooted in your performance and your achievement. And so you forget of the internal landscape and the reflection aspects that you need within your heart. Um, And that means, are you actually diving into scripture and and allowing God's truth to um, fuel who you are as a person. And that's something that I did not do growing up very well. Um, Once again, like I mentioned, like I thought that my worth came from achieving and and it was my talent and it was my popularity and it was what other people viewed me as is what made me who I am. And that's just a lifestyle that's not rooted in a great foundation because it's not rooted in Christ and his word. But with character, with God's character, and just learning and growing in Him, we just get to see this great example of what it means to be righteous, what it means to be pure, and what it means to be holy. Um, So that's just my little take of it. And I just think that talent's a blessing and it's a gift from God. But when we have this mindset that our talent is what defines us and our gifts are what defined us, then I think it's just a lifestyle that's going to lead you astray because you're going to start focusing about yourself versus serving the Lord and with that, serving others. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, I think a lot of times it is so it is good to be um, with talent. But, you know, when, when, you're, when you're looking for people, at the end of the day, if, if they don't have much talent, I mean, they have talent in some aspect, and they're working at it, but they are in really good character, and they are really working at it, and they're saying, you know, I may not be the best tool in the shed, but God, you know, speaking in it spiritually, God has given me this gift. You know, I think about Mm -hmm. David Ring, who was a pastor, speaker, who was in... Um, was who has several palsy, and he always says, "I have several palsy. What's your issue?" And he is he is in an aspect of he is not what people would think as a person who has it all together. But God has used that in his good. character. His character will outlast his talent. I love that. And so, something that comes to my mind right now is every day are we living like we're worshiping the Lord. Mm. And in that, with our gifts and with our talents, we're like, I'm just thankful that the Lord's provided me this opportunity. He's provided me these relationships and he's given me these gifts in general. And so I just want to share some scripture if you don't care. Sure. Um, 
I kind of come into these meetings and I like to have some bullet points. And one that really sticks out to me is each and every day you must live as like you're worshiping the Lord. Um, and with that, that makes the monotony of each and every day makes you feel like you're on mission. Because truly are, I mean, your time, your energy, and what you focus on becomes who you are. Um, and I think the best way to live is worshiping the Lord in everything you do. So I just want to share some scripture. This is one of, just something that came across this morning when I was thinking about this conversation. It's in uh, Romans 12, 1. Um, and it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So, I mean, what Paul's saying here to the church in uh, Rome, he's basically saying that your body is a living sacrifice, that it is supposed to be given to the Lord in all you do, that it isn't something that's supposed to glorify and provide you and put you on a pedestal to worship your own self. What you're doing is you're using your body and your gifts to worship God. So, I mean, we could talk about sin in general and like bad habits and bad routines or rhythms that you have in your life. But if we come into each and every day with the mindset that today, whatever I do, I'm going to worship the Lord. And if you know the Lord's truth and who he is, which is why I think definitely would encourage you to learn scripture, learn, learn what the Lord's truth is. You can start to discern on is this actually proper worshiping mm -hmm. God or is this proper worshiping yourself? You know, that's good. I, um, kind of going off going off that is that um the idea of being a good steward mm -hmm. good old david haskinick talked about this last semester and i loved what he said because a lot of times when we think about being a good steward we talk a lot about money and money is part of being a good steward but when we talk about being a good steward it's also like you said always what are, whatever we're doing, we, ha we need to worship. And so that is, if you have the financial resources, yeah. get tithing. Uh, you know, worshiping, doing something in the community. Doing, but, but worship always okay. means something that good steward is not just, oh, I've got to give my right. money because, because uh, cause he was talking to people, uh, college kids who don't have a whole lot of income. But whatever you can give, give to the Lord. And that includes your time. So I, this is a great example to me. And uh, it kind of goes for the people out there who may not be in full-time ministry, who you know, work in the corporate environment or, or work for a company that's not a church, um, per se. But something that I think about all the time is my experience and kind of the decision of why I chose to work at East Kentucky Power Cooperative. So our mission and values is that we serve some of the poorest counties in Kentucky. I mean, Eastern Kentucky, we serve like all the way down to Harlan. Some mm -hmm. of the poorest, uh, just people just aren't well off. They don't have the financial means to even pay their own bills at times. And uh, what I get to do as an engineer is I get to come into my office each and every day and come with the mindset is, I'm not working for myself. I'm working to serve others. And I love that because that is interwoven with the true meaning of the gospel is that God loved us so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, to not serve himself, but atone for our sins because he loves us. Um, and I, I honestly feel like I get to do that at my job, that it's an act of worship, that I get to come in with a good attitude, with joy, with mm -hmm. a pure heart, and just say, I'm not going to let this stress, and I'm not going to let 
you know, bad communication or a bad meeting let me down because what I get to do is I get to serve customers in, in, in some of the poorest counties in Kentucky. And it's changed my, you know, mindset. I mean, there, there's a lot of people at work that come in and they have a lot of stress at home or they have a lot of stress at work. But I've definitely noticed is that being upkeep or I mean upbeat and being positive really relates to the other people around you. And um, it comes back to like, emotional intelligence to um to actually understand and be self-aware of your needs as well and I, I just feel like the need the needs internally with the relationships I have at work is just come come into work each and every day and just be positive and just show yeah. true joy that comes from the Lord um and I talk about God and I, and I talk about my relationship because I think the workplace we get this idea that we have to separate our secular and our sacred life. And Tozer, I've been reading a lot of Tozer lately. Um, he's, he's just a great author that's very counterculture. I think this is a great reminder for us is that we do not need to separate our sacred and secular lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so detrimental and it honestly becomes that our walk with uh, Christ becomes content, like, like our heart becomes content. Um, but when we come into where our sacred and secular lives intertwine and every day, once again, is an act of worship, we just start to see others around us listening and leaning into what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to touch more on like my relationship with Christ and stuff like that too, to see kind of how that goes. So Joseph, would you like me to go ahead? Okay, perfect. So, um, I was baptized in middle school. I went to like a vacation Bible school event at Grace Baptist Church, which is in Winchester off of uh, Lexington Road. And uh, a friend just invited me in, which is a great invitation at such a young age. And uh, it was really fun. We had like a water slide and all the events you have at vacation Bible school, great music, great worship, good messages. And I just felt the Lord's calling to speak into my heart. Because before that time period, I was in and out of the church. My parents would go to church for a year and stop, and I'd go to another church, try something new, and it just never felt like my, my relationship with Christ was a rhythm in my life and was consistent. Um, so finally, in uh, middle school, I was like, you know what? This is like the most joy. Just something about it just felt pure. Mm-hmm. And I just felt a worship song came on and a message really spoke to you, and it just like your heart opens and gleams and your physical body starts to lean in God's presence. And it's incredible to experience God. Um, some of the best feelings that I've ever felt in the world. Um, and so I, I, I got plugged into Grace Baptist Church. Uh, I had a really good youth pastor growing up. A lot of cool events. Met, met some really good community. I got baptized. Mm. It was awesome. My grandmother got to witness that. Um, miss her. I mean, she died when I was a senior in high school, but I'm so glad that she got to witness that moment. And then so, so I stayed at Grace Baptist uh, for a few years and then um honestly it came to like sophomore in high school and then your priorities start to change Mm -hmm. you get focused in school and sports and relationships and once again the mindset of trying to be the popular person kind of starts to kick in um so I stopped going to church I was like Wednesday nights I got practice Mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna go to Wednesday night bible study with you know my youth group Sunday mornings oh I'm too tired because I had a game on Saturday night I don't want to go um, so that rhythm just started to just push away and my, my, my heart kind of hardened. Um, and then suddenly became college. 
and COVID hit, and I moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. I worked for Duke Energy there um, for a semester, then COVID hit, and I came home. And then that time period, uh, it was just rough. It was just alone and lonely, and uh, I felt really disconnected from any sense of righteousness and joy. Um, but afterwards, a friend invited me to CSF, and my relationship with the Lord just started to change, and my, my eyes began to open, and my heart began to open to a kind of what a relationship with Christ looks like. One that's not just full of things to do or things to put on your calendar, but just a full submittal to Him. Mm. Um, and also my relationship with Haley started to change as well because as we both began to lead by Christ's example, we started to lead each other by Christ's example. And it was just such a great moment as we were gearing towards marriage to finally say, look, long term, we want our relationship, we want our marriage to be built on Christ and Christ alone. We don't want it to be built on upon shame or built upon our materialistic possess possessions of what the world thinks a happy marriage looks like with the new cars, the new houses, the, the greatest endeavors, uh, the best jobs. Like we want it to be fundament fundamentally sounded in Christ. And it was just a great time period and a great moment. But, you know, just loving God and pursuing him and allowing your calendars each and every day to be funneled by who he says you are is such a blessing, which I would love to touch on more. Um, Joseph, I know I'm kind of rambling a little bit, but I just love this conversation. I'm so happy to well, be let here. Well, let me say this about you <laughs> and, and Haley both, because, because um, cause I think a lot of times people say good things about people, and they don't say it into their face. But this was public. This was on the podcast, but I want to tell it to you on face. But, and and... Besides that, any time I bring up your name to anyone at CSF, oh, we just love them. Oh, there's, but I think it, you're, I, I, and I said this um, before to you, but I, your faithfulness to God, but your and your faithfulness to each other, is is so good because and and Christy said this one time on the podcast. You know, they were talking about she was talking about faithfulness, and she's like, you know. The Lord is faithful, and and seeing how Josh and Haley have come back together, not well, not come back together, but you all have been together, and then put the foundation of the Lord on that, is such a blessing. And so, and so, I want to tell you, you know, you all people are looking, and that and not not in a creepy way, like people are watching, <laughs> but people are looking, and people are seeing the impact that you all have, and the. And the wonderful contribution that you have to the kingdom, because you all are are um, you know, and I've told you this before. I I think something I told uh, you both this about how like um, not, not perfect. I didn't say perfect, but I said something. You said, "Oh, Joseph, I don't know about that," and I said, "But you know what? I think I said Christian or something." And you said, "You know," and I said, "But you know what?" One thing I love about you both is that you, uh, you do not claim to be perfect. You claim to be in prog in progress, mm -hmm. and I think that is so good, especially in Christians um, today, young people today, who say, "I do not have it together, yeah. but eventually I will when I get to heaven." And so I just wanted to tell you all that because I think sometimes things can. Uh, we can think things and things can go out one ear, but I wanted to tell you all that. I love that. And uh, something that we've definitely had to learn is that 
you have to differentiate who God says you are versus the sin in your life. Um, because when you start to intertwine those two ideas to say that you as a person are sin, that you're shameful in the acts that you've done, you're going to start to hide and isolate and you'll lose track of chasing after God and running after him. And then if you're married or in a relationship, you're not going to want to chase after him together. And that's the beauty of marriage is that you two, as a couple, you get to come together um, and run after God and mission. Um, and I love that about marriage. And I think, um, I mean, I'm so grateful that the Lord's literally presented to me Haley. And I, I think the beauty of it is that he's truly sanctified us together through our relationship, through our marriage of trying to become more like one, but also having God at the center of it all. And yeah, I love that. That's so good. You mentioned, and I'm because this is one of the questions that I really wanted to get to <laughs> today, but I, you mentioned um, about sin and, mm-hmm. and about isolating yourself. Yep. And, um, okay, I'm not going to cry, but... Um, but this, cause this is his home personally for me because, um, so about a few years ago and I don't, I'm I'm going to let, I'm not going to take too long cause no, I, I want to get you talk. I love it. But, but a few years ago, um, I, I had, uh, something tra 2016, I had something just tragic happen to me and, um, uh, and it was, it's just really earth shaking in my faith. And, um, and I had accountability yes, in it. Yes, that'll blessing. But, and and it was on. It was where I just felt so good. And and with that, um, the accountability, the um, let me think, the accountability. Um, you know, when I would see these people in person, and I would when we go to events. You know, people had no idea what was going on about what was, what was, you know, about what I was going through or, and so how can you maintain, I think this is the way I asked it, but how can you maintain joy? Because when I went out, there was no, there was, it was like, okay, people are going to know, people are looking, that sent the devil always puts that in your head of yeah you know oh you when you go out in public and it really messed it really messed me up for a while of like i can i can't i can't do go out i can't because shame because you know oh they look they view at me different well they they had no idea what what's going through so how can you how can you have a sense of joy in your life yeah and and have a sense of of you know, it's essentially, how can you carry on your life when you are going through a very tough time? Yeah, that's a tough question. Because um, a lot of times, when something bad happens, the first thing to go is seeking out experiences with God. Um, because the beauty of a relationship with Christ is that we get to experience Him every day that he was the ultimate sacrifice, that he tore the veil of the Old Testament. Um, But then a lot of landscapes, there's a new veil that's taken place. It's the veil of your heart. And there are barriers that lay wake to having that intimate, vulnerable relationship with Christ. And I think a lot of this comes from 
when something bad happens, what's, what's the first thing um, that people do? They distract themselves. Right now, a big one's technology. A big one's technology, it's social media, it's funneling your stuff with a busy schedule, and you honestly need to tear it. Some, sometimes when you're in this landscape, um, as Scott says it, when a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, it becomes a destructive thing. And I think at moments when you need to experience God the most, the moments where your heart has been hardened, where it's been hurt, where you're walking in shame, these things are become the, the distraction that numb you out of really processing your emotions. So how do we strip that away when, when we're, as a person, asleep to the rhythms and the routines we have in our life is what you mentioned, accountability. And it's something that I love, uh, something that I've had to learn. Um, and honestly, I got great advice that a person gave me was my mentor, um, who's kind of walked me through what true accountability and discipleship looks like. He uh, came to my wedding. He lives in Texas, and he came, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. His name's Luke Griffith. And uh, he says, you show up for the people you care about. Mm-hmm. You show up. Um, and that's the beauty of accountability is that you show up each and every week. If you have an, account- if you have an accountability group, you set aside time where you know that your heart's going to be open around these guys and they're going to wrap their arms around you and show you the love of Christ. Um, And then suddenly that reminds you of that experience with God through others, that you start to tear that veil once again and then hope and joy starts to prevail. That's good. And, and I, and I I think about, you know, it's, it's very good, but, and I also think, um, Placing, not placing your trust in that person, because, yeah. because you know, you can say, oh yeah, you know, um, it it can be very easy to, to see, oh so this is this is it, you know, this person, um, you you place that before God, yeah, because yeah. because, ultimate because now you know, they are in. I don't want to say in charge, but they, they are leading. They're walking you through you. this, and so, and so, you know. That, I think that is that is something to, to be careful of is that, when you, when you and not, I'm not saying about you or, no, but no, but no. when you just when you place it over, right. and you put the leader, over over what, you know over God, then I you know I think I think things can, can. Trouble can happen because then you have then you just lose the sense of God is in control and putting the leader who is who your accountability group in your yeah. in in control. So something that we teach in my accountability group is brace. First thing you do, you breathe. You breathing is a great thing to de-stress, takes away the anxiety of the situation, allows your mind to kind of uh, reflect and reconstruct itself back to like a more, a more uh, pure mindset. And then you remember the truth. You, you remember the truth about God and Christ that has set you free um, from sin. Uh, the third thing is you reach out to accountability. This is the, where you go out and you talk to your guys. You keep things in the light, which is something that in Scripture it really thoroughly 
um, says that you need to do. Um, sin hidden um, causes you to become hardened to what you're actually um, doing. And then the last thing is uh, escaping it, escaping the temptation, escaping the sin. So this just kind of shows you is that the first thing you need to do is sit down, breathe, reflect, rest, cease to do what you're doing in the moment. Tozer says rest isn't something you do, it's something you cease to do. It's something that you stop in your tracks and in solitude say, God, this is your truth, nothing else matters. And then you reach out to your accountability, you say, boys, I'm struggling. Boys, I need you. I need your arms. I need your community. I need your love. I need your prayer. Um, then you escape the temptation. You escape the sin. And then you kind of what we've discussed this morning at breakfast. Thank you for breakfast, Joseph. Joseph. But uh, what's the lie the enemy is teaching you or trying to present to you? And then how do you take that truth? And then you rebuke the lie that the enemy's throwing at you. How do you rebuke it? How do you address it? How do you say out loud this shame, this pride, this self-sin, this self-righteousness, this self-pity? The list goes on of it doesn't hold me. It's not my stronghold. My stronghold lies in Christ and his foundation. Yes. Um, and that's kind of a practical advice of something that I kind of teach the guys around me and something that I ha- have had to learn. Sometimes I still struggle with it. I mean, I'm definitely not a perfect person. I'm still learning these things. Um, one for me right now I'm kind of battling with, with is a lot of uh, perfectionism, like putting myself on a pedestal versus just going to God in that moment saying, thank you for this gift. Thank you for these things. Um, um, so I'm really trying to have him try and change my heart in that aspect, which is something I want to encourage that like, how can you process and reflect where you are? How can you be self-aware of your current situation and the current standpoint of your heart and allow the Lord to, to do a heart change and a heart posture or, or a change in heart posture in you? Um, so I come here today not knowing all the answers, but I know that the Lord does and I'm just going to seek out Him. That's so good. And um, just because I, I want to bring this up because and, and uh, Zach has, t- I, I love this thing that Zach told me one time and he's and because he, he told me later he said i hope this didn't come across <laughs> as as um as self-righteous or that i didn't want to help but he said you know because i was telling him you know, things that were going on and i was like you know hey zach he's like joseph that's really good you want to tell me that's so good mm-hmm. and you know i think thank you for telling me and i encourage you to tell me yes but at the end of the day when you're by yourself and you are in your home alone and and whenever you are feeling temptation the first person you need to reach to is God yep. is Jesus and i thought i said that is so good because a lot because if you if you say okay and and you're right and the and right after that you need to reach out to your group or reach out to someone you are yep. dealing this with but the first person right. you need to talk to is say, Lord, um, and preferably before you go That's into good. temptation. But, but the first person you talk to at all is, is God yep. in this situation. Man, uh, just some scripture to help us with that. It's kind of something that's always on my heart, which is I encourage you, eat up scripture. Scripture, I mean, not physically, but metaphorically. Eat it up. Let it become close to your heart. Um, let it get to the innermost parts of your soul. And memorization is a great tool for mm-hmm. that. Something I've memorized that I always go back to is, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So that's kind of what we're talking about is mm-hmm. we don't want to conform. Conform means with. We, we want to transform, set our eyes beyond the current statue of this world and kind of align ourselves with our Father, which is something I love talking about is something that we can think about in this situation. There's three things I like to think about. One, where is this sin going to lead you downstream from this action? Where do you see yourself going? And then look yourself back upstream. Where is the current statue of my heart? What is your posture looking at? Where is it at? What is it gleaning to? What are you leaning on to? So look downstream. See, where is this action going to lead? And look upstream. Where is the current state of your heart? Um, and then there's a third thing, but I can't remember that. But anyways, those, those are two practical truths. There's some book that I read if you want to get more insight on it. It's called Rest and War by Ben Stewart. It's just creating these rhythms of purging and resting in the Lord's presence. How can we take away certain rhythms, certain actions in our life? Obviously, it starts with the heart. And then how do we rest in the Lord's holiness and righteousness and pureness or purity? Um, it's just some really good advices. And scheduling, I, I, I think we get in this mindset of we want to control our schedule. We want to do our Bible time in the morning. We want to pray in the afternoon. We want to set aside this time here, 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 and here. I think Ben Stewart talks a lot about set aside, set aside time each week of who you are, like what is your identity and how can you set aside time each week for that aspect? It doesn't have to be rigid, doesn't have to be a controlling, but make sure that you set aside time. So for me, I'm a husband. So I'm gonna set aside time to spend time with my wife. I work, you know, I am an engineer, so I'm gonna set, set aside time to spend time at my job. Um, I'm a Christian and I'm a good friend. So I'm gonna set aside time, week, set aside time each week for accountability. Um, I'm someone who likes to worship, so I'm going to set aside time each week to go to church and worship my Lord. Um, doesn't mean I'm, that's the only time that I'm going to worship, because worship doesn't only exist in the church walls. But it's a time that I set aside to sing praises towards Him. Yeah. Um, so maybe apply that to your life. Who does God say you are, and how can you set aside time each week to uh, worship in that regard? I had a thought that came into my brain, and as quick as it went in... It came out just like that. but And it was brilliant, I tell you, Josh, it was brilliant. <laughs> but, um, but let's see. But I, oh, oh, yeah, here it is. Gloria Gaither says this, and I, it's so brilliant, is that I see, you know, you see young people, they, they have their hands like this, and for those who are at home, the hands are out, face palm-wise like this. And he said, you know, the Lord, it is, um, this is a very vulnerable position because the Lord can take anything out of your hands that he wants to take out of and he can put anything in your hands that he wants to put in. And so when you have your hands like this, you're saying, Lord, I surrender to everything that you have planned to my li- for my life. And I think that, and I love what you were saying because when we, this is, this, you know, every. When he said, you know, oh, we worship and we, we go like this, we go like this. But but even your posture, what you're doing with, with yeah. what your body, whether you're kneeling, whether you have your hands out, whatever you're doing, that that is also, um, that is something that is affecting you and affecting how you are, how you are living. That's so good. 
Um, first thing that comes to mind is the beatitude, blessed are the meek. Mm. Um, humble in spirit. We live in self-righteous saying that the more things we do, the more things we control, the more Bible studies we go to, the more prayers we have, the more songs we sing, is that going to lift us truly greater to God? Is that going to lift us to the pedestal to put us on the same line as God? And honestly, we can't control those situations. We truly have to surrender on our knees with our hands out saying, God, have mercy on me because I am still a sinner and I am not fully righteous. Mm. Um, and I'm just going to share a prayer because I think this is good because we talk a lot about dying to self. Um, to die is to gain. Um, and this prayer by Tozer kind of sums that up pretty well. It says, Lord, how excellent are thy ways and how devious and dark are the ways of man. Show us how to die that we may rise again to newness of life. Rend the veil of our self-life from the top down as thou didst rend the veil of the temple. We would draw near in full assurance of faith. We would dwell with thee in daily experience here on this earth so that we may be accustomed to the glory when we enter thy heaven to dwell with, with thee there. In Jesus' name, amen. I think that's just super powerful. It's to die to self and have an experience with God each and every day. If that's some advice that I could kind of give to the listeners there today is remember each and every day, die to self. Differentiate yourself from the secular. Well, I mean, not from the secular, but from the sacred, excuse me. Um, and worship Jesus and worship God in everything that you do. That's so good. Because, you know, um, I think, and, and people have, are gonna, prob- probably going to get tired of me saying this because I say this all the time, but um, the veil between heaven and earth is very thin, and what you do now will affect the impact of heaven. And I and I think whether that be and whether that be getting the kids ready, whether that be uh, sweeping the floor, whether that be going to a church and doing doing volunteer work, whatever you are doing, you are either heaven can start here with the choices we make, or hell can start here by the choices we make. And what are we doing to say, okay? Um, I I want to live for eternity mm-hmm. today. I know eternity is going to be soon, and the way we're going is probably going to be sooner than that. But it's going to be soon, and so what am I doing that can impact eternity? That's good. And also, I think about, you know, someone said, um, people say, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect, and and I'm never going to be perfect. And he and someone said. You're not perfect yet, but don't ever rule out that you won't be. Because when we, we get to heaven, we will be perfect, true. spotless lambs. Tozer talks about um, kind of the worst thing in a spiritual journey is spiritual contentment. And how we can just be satisfied with our current state of our hearts. This goes back to uh, rest and reflection and self-awareness. We need to daily evaluate the condition of our heart. Um, I think it's something as Christians we just expect to do on Sundays, but how can we be in communion with God each and every day? It starts with, once again, worshiping every day. It starts again with being self-aware and asking Him, Lord, I rebuke the things of my heart, but I realign myself with you, and here's your truth. And that's the Christian life that we need to do daily. Um, and 
And I don't know where the verse is. And maybe it's not a verse, but it sounds like a verse. I think it is. But it's seek ye seek not the I mean seeks assembly together. Gather together as brethren yeah. and worship together. And whether that be in a church, you know, you can you can go to a church and knock yourself out. We we do it every we do it week we do it weekly. But I think it is, you know, this is church. What we're doing, having a conversation like this, this is mm-hmm. not forsaking the assembly together. And and what we did at breakfast, that was that was um, getting together and, t- and, and not forsaking the assembly. And so what we are doing, whether we are in a church building with, with the cross and, and, and with, with the sound system and all that, or whether we're in a house... And we're just talking about the Lord. We we do not need to forget the uh, the assembling together, and um, and so and and I would those two together of Lord, thank you. Um, having alone time, I think alone time. Um, people saw a lot of that in COVID, uh, in quarantine of a lot of alone time. And 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 we realize just how much what we do in our alone time when we have so much of it, and and how we spend it. If if we realize, oh, I spent six hours doing whatever I was doing, watching Netflix, and I only spent two hours of doing something that I that I probably should have been doing of spending time with family or or yeah. doing something else. We realize that our priorities have been shifted, and that we probably should do something else. I don't know if that made any sense. It does. But but I think you're right. Having, and I just completely had a rabbit trail on there. But I think that is important about alone time, because um, you know, if you don't have alone time with the Lord, I I go back to what Jared Rowe said. And I think this is brilliant. And if I would have thought of it, I would have said it. But you, our goal is not to get out of a, it's not to pour out of our cup. Our our goal is so that our cup is running over, that, that people are getting our excess because we are so filled up mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit that we're just filling, we're just spewing over of what, of what we are doing. And I don't mean, a, I don't mean no. Tom too long but go ahead that's so good um i think being alone um a lot of times we think as it's a time to serve ourselves um it's a time of selfishness to watch tv and we think that tv or netflix or binging or too much of one thing is truly gonna uh fill your cup up or uh fill 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 you with rest um fill you with healing um but it, but it really doesn't. So, in, in in my opinion, something that I've had to change my mindset is being alone and having nothing to do is a gift because it's an opportunity to decide and discern with the Lord of how I can best utilize my time. And and that doesn't mean that each every time that you're alone that you have to go straight to prayer or go straight to Bible um, reading or scripture. Um, but it could be an opportunity where you get to self-reflect on your heart and say, God, what where do you where are you going to lead me through this time that I don't have planned 
Um, in some regards, Hay and I have gone out to dinner because we feel like we haven't spent a lot of time that week. A lot of times, I'll say, you know what? I'm going to text a friend I haven't really talked to very much, and we're going to go get a smoothie. Um, it might be a time that I just need to do nothing, that I've had such a long week that this time needs to be a time that I just sleep. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just need sleep, and then sometimes it's that, you know what? I haven't truly listened, or I haven't read, or I haven't dived in scripture. I haven't filled my mind with new thoughts or ideas and learn more about who God is and what his word says that I need to just go straight to him. Um, but once again, and I probably said this four times, but anything that you do, do it in worship because mm-hmm. at the same time you're aligned with your father. Yeah. And um, just, just a question, cause I know we're probably getting to the end of the show is th- three questions, three questions that I have. Um, first one, what is the current condition of your heart? Two, what lies are the enemy telling you? And three, how can you address those lies with the Lord's truth? And how can you create community around you to help you address those? Um, So that's kind of just the three questions, just to kind of, as you go on and hear this podcast, just some practical uh, questions that maybe you could apply to your own life. Well, um, I do, if um, I do want to ask this one. Of course, of course. and and um, uh, so, you know, we talked a lot about uh, stuff like that. But I also, ooh, that was good. I felt that on a spiritual level. <laughs> but I, um, there's something that I want to talk about because a lot of times we talk about, um, you know, spiritual, the the. Uh, we talk about the Lord is is uh, the scripture about perfect love casts out fear, and we talk about how that is. But talk about how we can marry, because when we talk about the Lord, we talk about and and God especially that uh, He, when we go into the presence of the Father, we go bowing down with trembling, and we we bow down at His feet. How can we maintain a sense of fear and trembling, but also have this awareness that we are we are children of God and that we do not have to fear? So, um, I love in these conversations, in these conversations, just to talk about what the Lord's telling me in my own life. Um, something we talk about a lot uh, is what God is like. God is holy. God is righteous. God is pure, but we never truly go into who God is. And let's just go into scripture a little bit and, and, and see in the Bible of when God's made his presence known to man. What is it? It's fire. And as a person, as a human, we fear fire because it can spread very, very, very quickly. Um, but also, it provides warmth, provides comfort, provides contentment. So I think thinking about it in a metaphorical sense is we can apply that idea and language of a fire with these two aspects. One, fires can spread rapidly. We fear fire because of that aspect. But as children of God, we get to come to the fire with warmth and contentment to say, I don't know, we're children of God, thank you, who provides us these, these warmth and contentment. Um, and so as children of God, I just think about like on Christmas or 
some sort of winter time period when you're around the fire and you're feeling that warmth and that joy and that happiness is fire can be scary. Fire can be fearful because once you submit to God and only submit to him, it's going to spread like a wildfire in your heart. And that's scary. That does provide some sort of fearful aspect because you're going to have to die to self once again. You're going to have to purge who you once were to become like Christ. But in the greatest sense is this fire is warmth and it provides joy, comfort, contentment, satisfaction. And that's the beauty of being a children of Christ and being a children of God. That's so good. And on the same topic of that, I want to talk about, I want you to speak into, because I ask, I ask everybody this, because I, I love the responses that people give. How, and I might have asked you this before, but I want to ask you this, uh, how have you balanced grace and truth in your life? That's a great one. Um, well, I love marriage. And I probably talked about it a little bit through this, but I think the aspect of marriage truly sanctifies you in unison as in one. Um, my wife, Haley, she loves to give me truth, and it has really sanctified me as a better person because of it. Because now, the things that I believe is rooted on Christ's truth and, and, and His truth alone. Um, I tend to lean more on the grace side of things, of... Uh, you know what, he may have sinned, he may have done something wrong, um, but we should still love him. But sometimes I don't root that in the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy throughout marriage is just going back and forth with communication and ideas. Haley and I have both kind of become more balanced within that grace and truth. Um, a lot of times I'm, I'm more accustomed to, especially with my spiritual uh, journey was to live in license. I would abuse God's grace, honestly, is that I would say that I wouldn't commit to this sin more, that I would try to do better, but I wouldn't live into the truth that I had to die to myself and truly hand these things over to him. I was just, mm-hmm. you know, abusing God's grace saying, you know what, he, he's going to forgive me again. Um, he's going to say, you know what, you're imperfect and I'm still going to love you and I'm going to give you remorse and mercy. And I abused that for the longest time. And then uh, through some truth from Haley, we just start to realize that, yes, you need to give grace, but you need to give grace and root it in truth. Mm. So that, that, that probably can apply to a lot of different things and aspects in society with sin in general um you just think about it if you're gonna give someone grace you definitely need to root it in something that's foundational that's so good josh thank you so much for your time today you know uh you have been a mentor to me uh in ways you probably don't you don't know at all because but um and both you and Haley, because i tell you because uh, I know more so of Haley, we we resonate with the same background, with the things of growing up and of of the same uh, church experiences. But um, and and just thank you so much for your friendship and uh, and coming and doing this today. Thank you, Joseph. I really do appreciate it. Um, if anyone out there 
listens and it resonates with them in their heart, please reach out to Joseph or I. I would love to have a conversation with you. Thank you, Joseph, again for having me today. I really do appreciate it, and I think this is a true testimony of the love of Christ and truly inviting people into your life as well. So thank you. Well, thank you and blessings.